When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Love that opening. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Artists on Lockdown hanging and banging. Ron Onesti here with you. Uh, Rock and Roll Heaven at the Arcana Theater just outside of Chicago in St. Charles, Illinois. We have another big, big show tonight. Pamela DeBar, uh, incredible author and all kinds of other stuff. We'll talk about her. And, of course, the uh, legendary drummer from the iconic band, Foghat, with us. Before we do that, I want to bring my brothers to the camera. Uh, they're, they're ready to rock and roll. I tell you what, we, we had those couple days off uh, a while back, and, and I've got so much energy, I can't even, almost can't talk. Let's bring Vinny uh, to, the, to the mic here. Vinny Apice, there he is, from Black Sabbath, last in line. Somebody nudge him and wake him. There he is. You, oh, you found the hat. You found the hat. Hat with a skull. What is it? Look at it. Look at it. It's uh, that, Coffin Cutie. Oh, no. It's something what else. What is it? That's new. I haven't seen it. You know what? You know what the problem with hats? I'll put a hat on because my hair is all messed up. They never fit. My head's too big. You got a big head? I've never heard that about you. In size, not in personality. (laughs) What's with that shirt? That must be where you're getting that energy, dude. Isn't this cool? Look at this rock and roll shirt. Well, I thought I would get dressed up for uh, Pamela. I mean, you know, listen, with the the, the roads she's traveled, I mean, I, I feel kind of left out, I'll be honest with you. So I thought I would dress up a little rock and roll style, <laughs> at least for a little Man. bit. Well, you should have wore your sports jacket, too. <laughs> well, no, she's a rock and roller. She wants this kind of thing. Well, you know what? We can find out in a minute. I'm going to ask her yeah, personally, but let's bring our big brother uh, to the mic right now. There he is. Come. Look at this guy's hair. I, I, I don't know. I'll be honest. I don't know if I like it. Number one. It's a bit white right now. It's a <laughs> I look at somebody, you know, you, uh, the whole, even, what about this? What about this growing out? You know, like. Oh, it is growing out. It is. Well, if he does it white, you can't see it. It's a That's little, it. It's a little yeah. black and a little white, just like my hair, a little black and a little white. You, you need some, uh, you need some black in there. Otherwise, he yeah. did it. it but was I saw. Almost fading. Yeah. yeah. And I saw this. I, I don't know, Ben, if you have this, but your, on your posts, your photo shoot that you had there. I mean, are you in GQ magazine now? What 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 are you no, doing? Dude, I'm, I'm posing for a mafia movie. 
Well, I, I couldn't. I mean, I saw yeah. that. Took a couple of those pictures. Like, who's this freaking forty-nine-year-old rock star wannabe? Yeah, wannabe? Indeed, you know, it wasn't even touched up either. I I gotta say, jealousy speaking, je jealousy aside, uh, you, you look great. You really do. I mean, my God, you really look good. I mean, how I much? What, what's hey, so funny. hey, hey, you want me to leave? What's going on with you two guys? Well, I'm, I'll be honest. I got a little my palms lovey are a little This lovey dovey <laughs> stuff. I got a little dressed up for Pamela too. See, I'm, I got my little, little sporty little shiny stuff like you. Well, mm, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll tell you what, why don't we bring her on? Because we're all like getting all, we get our Sunday best on for, well, I don't know about you, Vinny. Hey, Ron, you smell oh, good. Oh, look <laughs> at that guy. Hey, there he is. Look at this. Look oh, at Nice looking. I, I should put the sunglasses on. I'll look just like that. I don't know. I mean, I didn't, this is some Colombian drug cartel guy. I don't even know who this <laughs> yeah, is. That's exactly, you know, the other day when I went out, I had white <sighs> pants on and a white shirt. Leslie said, my, my, my wife says, you look like a drug I know. That's what I'm saying. You do. And you're because in Florida, I'm, right? I'm, I'm, Just I'm, look, I'm trying to get in a couple of movies as a mafia dude, so leave me alone. Yeah, but the drug cartel is like uh, Metamucil, <laughs> like blood pressure pills, exactly. Pepto-Bismol. Pepto <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you could fit in real well, like a Miami, you know, you gotta well, just... I'm like, look, I'm growing it. It's getting long, you know, it's getting long. It's going to be down to here soon. Look at the money you're saving on purple dye. I mean, it's amazing. That's true. I might put a little purple in there eventually. You know? I don't know hey. where. Maybe, maybe over here. I can't look up. Maybe here. All right. You know, what, what are we doing here? What, what kind of a show is this turned into all of a sudden? We're talking about Metamucil. It's a hair salon. This ah. is a rock and roll show. Let's get some rock and it's roll a, people. Hey, Ron, it's a, hair, it's a hair salon. You don't know about hair salon. I, I, I don't. I, I used to. I used to. Now I yeah, just kind of. You got it easy. You got it easy. You wake you call up. this is easy. I would rather have it difficult like you. Believe me. Yeah. I'd rather go through the pain. And that I got to go get through. up every day, wet my hair, and comb it back. I mean, it's ridiculous. Oh, that sucks for you. I just wipe mine down. My, <laughs> I get out of the shower. My hair dries exactly 13 seconds. All four of them. They're just done. Anyway, yeah. we got. We're not going to talk about Metamucil or hair. Or, or lack thereof anymore. We got a rock and roll show here, a big rock and roll show, two legendary icons. Very interesting night tonight. First of all, I want to bring uh, uh, another one of your brothers behind the drums. Uh, yeah. Yeah, man. I'll tell you what, this guy, a great friend, uh, a true legend, just like you guys. Let's bring Roger Earl from Fog Hat, multi yeah. There he is. Hey, He's got a, that's a great hat. <laughs> Vinny, I've got a hat. There you go. I put it down no, like man, that. Hold on. Let me go get my hat. I was going to. No, you don't hat. need a hat. That is a. What's the story behind that that hat? It's uh. That's a good hat. That's a great hat. Well, you know, it looks like a Hendrix, a Hendrix hat. hat. Maybe that's I'm your. Uh, once I lose my, uh, I need hats. Maybe that's your new band, Great Hat. Hold on a second. Yeah, there you go. That's fog, fog hat, right? No. It's fog hat, man. There you go. Fog hat. No, no. That's uh, his new band's called Great Hat. Look at that's pretty. You know, we, we cool. went out to dinner. We went out to dinner not long ago, and we both took a picture, you know, for Facebook. Right? Remember, Raj? And I just yeah. got my white hair, and he, Raj, had right. his white hair. It looks good on you. Yeah, I like it. They, they bust my balls about it all the time. <laughs> it's and jealousy. I mean, it's right. jealousy. Are you kidding me? I know. Are you kidding me? It's complete it's jealousy. Not, it's, a la natural now. It's, it's yeah. I don't have to spend four hours in a hairdresser anymore. 
every four weeks. <laughs> now, just every yeah, three I, months, you know, I get a haircut. I used to, I used to be the band uh, Barber. I used to cut hair. Um, you did? I always did you used I to cut hair? Having to pay somebody to cut your hair. It's like, that's... <laughs> Yeah. Well, yours is getting pretty. Rogers, yours normally that long. I don't remember it that long. I mean, you let yeah, it go. It's always been that long. That long? Uh, Ron, if you got it, flaunt it. Well, I'm not doing a whole lot of flaunting <laughs> these days. I'll be honest. He with doesn't you. know that. That's funny. We say you should say that. Vanilla Fudge did a t uh, TV commercial for Braniff Airlines. You remember Braniff Airlines? Braniff. And yeah. that was their slogan. And you got it flaunted. So. It's four of us to walk on the plane, go, when you got it, flaunt it, and then walk past the camera. So ridiculous. Pay good money. They, Everybody they, took their trousers down. <laughs> you got to have it, they had, they had the hot stewardesses. That's what they were flaunting. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of hot stewardesses, I think we, this is a great segue because we have a lovely young lady backstage. We are, we're, we're, we're keeping her, like, waiting, and we can't. She's a lady in waiting right now. Um, but she is iconic, uh, legendary, and I'll tell you hold what. Hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, go ahead. Ladies and gentlemen, please. Well, oh, a double. A double. Oh, three. Ladies and gentlemen. Triplets. Uh, triplets. Artists on lockdown hanging and banging is proud to bring to the stage writer extraordinaire, groupie extraordinaire, Miss Pamela DeBar. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, what a build-up that was. My God, what an intro. It's like having King Crimson in my... Three <laughs> again. And how about yeah. you guys talking about your hair way more than girls do? I, mean, I know. That's because they bust my balls every every time we do this <laughs> show. bust my balls. I think balls beautiful, Carmine. Thank you. I oh, no. does have nice hair. We all do. It's jealousy, Pam. That's jealousy. Oh. Yeah, I went to the dentist yesterday. I had my teeth clean, right? And the, the woman says, I love your hair. It's beautiful. <laughs> you know, I had my prostate exam yesterday, and he said, Man, you have a beautiful. Um, I love your hair. He says, You got beautiful hair. He said, hair. Carmine's hair looks beautiful. Boom. your hair. It reminds me of Carmine's hair. Oh my God! Anyway, Pamela DeBar, welcome yeah, to the show. Welcome. It's it's truly, I mean, you know, in your own way, obviously you're you're a rock and roll icon, and uh, it, in my own way, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, it's hard. It's hard. I want to hear the questions Ron has for you. Yeah. yeah. Well, Me first too. of all, all right. I'll, I've been thinking about it all week. But what's he going to? <laughs> well, you know, first of all, I can't imagine there's going to be anything that I'm going to ask you that you have never been asked a thousand times already, because there's certain things everybody wants to know. But the first thing I want to know: present company excluded, because I know two minutes, you know, in, going back and forth with me, it's going to be. Want to put me in one of her books, but present company excluded. Is there anybody that you weren't uh, experience had an experience with that you would have liked to? Yeah, sure, of course. Um, although I usually got a hold of whoever I was uh, into um, because I was in the right place, the right time, the right age, the right city, right everything. Yeah. Um, but you know, there there were a couple, I suppose, um, that were married or with someone else, and I never. <clears throat> jump that train you know i was very exclusive when i was being 
exclusive. Not that they were, but mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. And well, they were. Well, I would imagine that many times, not only were they mm -hmm. not exclusive, but you were probably looking over the guy at the other person. Um, no, <laughs> I, I was never taken advantage of or messed with by anybody. Really, I was right where I wanted to be. I was putting myself right where I wanted to be. Was never taken advantage of, or uh, my heart got broken, like everybody's does. Though it's better to have your heart broken by Jimmy Page than you know the grocery boy or something. You right, know, exactly. Right. I mean, I was I enjoyed myself, and I had my own all girl group. You know, so they had my own band, and I had people be play, believe it or not, at the whiskey and places like that. And you know, they'd come to the studio when Frank was producing our record. Like Jeff Beck played on our record, Rod Stewart sang on it, and you know, interested Lowell George interested. So there were, it was just my world. It's the world I lived in. So let's, what did you play, Pamela? What did you hey, What did you sing? You sang. I co-wrote the songs with all the girls. Yeah. Oh, cool. So yeah. Frank's what was the name of it. It was the GTOs. Girls together. Ah. <laughs> That's a good name for that. It really is. And I, I like you know what? Song. I should. I and like we really have. We, yes. We really have to preface the fact that this young lady is an author uh, extraordinaire, of course. Uh, her, her I, I would imagine your biggest seller is I'm with the band Confessions yeah. of a Groupie. Buzz, and, yeah. And, uh, and, and just the imagine, I mean, when, when I, I see the title and I read a few uh, passages of it, you know, it, you would think that, you know, they think of the, the Groupie experience, it was a quickie, they didn't get your name, that kind of, you're just some girl backstage, but it really, it really came about that these were like relationships that oh, you yeah. actually had with all these people. You know, it's all about love. The, I call it the G word groupie, the G spot. You the know, G spot it's, uh, groupie. Yes, you know, it's, it's, it's just all about love. You love the music, the musicians who play the music, you want to be around it, you want to see where it comes from out of their hearts and souls and minds, you want to be a part of it. And, you know, I was just fortunate enough to be able to actually do my own record and everything. But just any groupie is just a, a muse for people. I'm sure you guys agree. You know, you, you've been around a lot of girls, all of you, a lot of yep. you. Not, not me, Carmine. Me. Carmine yeah, I'm, the, I'm, him. Come I'm on. the one. <laughs> He's the guy. But anyway, there are, you, know, you guys, you, you've experienced groupies and, and they're just lovely girls. And some of them, like say Car Connie Hamsey, right? Sweet, sweet Connie from Little Rock. Sweet, sweet oh, Connie. She would enjoy guitar techs and whoever, but it doesn't matter. She was, she was a groupie. There are many different levels of groupies. She was enjoying herself. I wanted relationships. I wanted something important and meaningful. Um, but you know, whether it was an hour, I never did that kind of thing, but whether it was an hour with someone or, you know, a month, it was still very wonderful experience for, for both parties, I'm sure. And I know it's a different time yeah. now. These aren't going on like they did in the golden age of rock, which we've all experienced. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I, luckily I could write and I wrote several books about these, these days. And I'm teaching writing right now. I'm doing all kinds of stuff. But people, of course, always want to talk about, you know, yeah. Mick Jagger or whatever. But that's did you did you ever meet an exciting venue owner with a really <laughs> hot shirt on? <laughs> Is it working at all? Is the shirt working at all? It has no. angel's wings or something, yes. right? Yes. Is it, is, it is, it, is it getting me any closer to you, Pamela? Are you, 
No. Now, Ron's an angel. Ron's an angel. Because if, if it's not, it an angel, if, yeah. if it's not working, I'll just you know take it off and and just. Oh, oh yeah. the road. I mean, if the shirt doesn't hey, that, work, it doesn't oh, that's work. That's the first time. Oh. Nice t-shirt. Yeah, that's, that's a real. That's I mean, a real shirt. Too. That's could, a real shirt. I could put the other one back on if you're getting you know a little hot and bothered with it, Pamela. I mean, if it's working, I work for you. <laughs> <laughs> for, for all you listeners, he's wearing a fog hat shirt. You know, I always love that logo. Whoever designed that's really it's a, yeah, it's a good logo. Yeah, yeah. it was actually the uh, Warner Brothers art department on our Energize. I think it was our third album. Mm. They, they they did that. Um, a lot of people claim they did it. I actually uh, I, I used to be a commercial artist before yes. um, earn enough money to sort of just bang the drum mm -hmm. and. Uh, on one of our albums, I had to sort of um, redo the lettering for, uh, was it Family Jewels? Uh, that was interesting. But yeah, it's, it is a cool logo, yeah. isn't it? Well, and, yeah, and I want to touch on that a little bit, Roger, because I, I do know you're a graphic artist. And, and over the years, did you have any uh, on any albums? Did you have any, any doings with some of the album covers or any of the artwork? No, I was... I was busy banging the drum. Okay, <laughs> makes sense. Oh, makes well, sense. Well, well, well uh, you're hanging. Well, I, I, you are I, hanging I, and banging. So, right yeah. now, I've made suggestions about uh, certain things, but um, uh, I, it was just an excuse to pay for symbols back in the day and uh, pay <laughs> for sticks. They were expensive. Yeah, they, they were expensive. Yeah, especially those symbols. Yeah, but um, it's okay now because they give me that stuff. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, they do. And it's funny because every time you talk to drummers, they say that they're sponsored by somebody, whether Zildjian, whatever it is. I mean, do they the drum drum companies make any money at all? Because every one of you are sponsored. I mean, I, I don't. Well, they, how's that they work? Use your name. They use your name. They some guy sees Roger Earl in Modern Drummer Magazine playing a certain <laughs> drum. They go, "Wow, that record, last record you did sounded great. I'm going to go and yeah. get a pair of those." I mean, I, I don't sense. get it myself. I never, I never did that. Can you do paradiddles? Paradiddles? Yeah. Yeah, I can do all the paradiddles. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds I like some Vinny 60s paradiddle. Yeah, I got a, I, I love paradiddles, actually. I don't like doubles. I love no, paradiddles. I don't, like, I don't do doubles either. We don't do doubles. That's for you know. Yeah. I like paradiddles, a little basil and garlic Trinity? for me. That's for me. About, that's those, the way to have what paradiddles. What about Roger? What about what? Triplets. Triplets, awesome. All the time, yeah, everywhere, right? Hey, Roger, you you remember we played together with? I was playing with Derringer. Yes, I do remember that. We and opened Kenny for you guys. On, yeah, quite Kenny a number. Playing bass. Yes, that was a long time ago. I think that was the last time. Yeah, and the first time I met you. Yeah, I think seventy-five, probably seventy-five, yeah. seventy-six. And the first time yeah. I met Roger, he was playing with Savoy Brown ah. in the early seventies, and they had the singer with the top hat. Yeah, Chris. Yes, I always remember that top hat. I don't know why. But that's when I met you. It was like 1970. I was with Cactus. Yeah, it had wow. to be 70. Yeah. It had to be 69 yeah. or 70. Yeah. Hmm. Family, I, you know, I, I do want to touch. Time. I wanted yeah. to go go back a second to the to the GTOs because you know it was it was a little bit of a short lived uh, run for the band, <laughs> but you had an album out. You worked with Zappa. I mean, to, to, we haven't had a whole lot of people that actually work with Zappa in that respect. Can you tell me a little bit about that experience working with Frank, the, the genius that he was? Well, he, he always wanted to pull whatever was 
inside of you out. Uh, stuff you didn't even know was lurking in there. He he really he made you want to do something for him. He 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 made you want to do good for him. He made you want to do whatever he wanted you to do. He just had a real way about him that way. So he would he told us the girls go write about your lives. He he thought he thought our lives were really fascinating as teenagers in Laurel Canyon, and he just wanted to create something from it. He was a master puppeteer, that guy. He could control everybody's strings, including the musicians. I mean, yeah. I, you know, we were singers, songwriters, but I've spoken to you know Mark and Howard, for instance, who were in the Mothers for a while. They said it was the the best class in music that they could ever have gotten from anyone because he was such a hard taskmaster. Mm -hmm. Really was, you know. Did you, it, did you ever hear his song? He did called Mudshock. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, I told him the story <laughs> in, in, in Chicago airport and never in my wildest dreams would I ever think that story would turn into a, a major song on a, on a Mother's Invention album called Mudshock, you know. You and, told Frank that story? Yeah. Does it happen? It was yeah. a Vanilla Fudge Led Zeppelin thing. It was a real story. It was a real story. And the, the Mudshock tale. Uh, but oh, yeah fans who took advantage of that it, you know it was it was a seattle uh hotel and you could yeah. over yeah. the over the water the edgewater in yeah. edgewater in you, you can fish out the window there. you stayed there right rog yeah, yeah. You, I I went fishing there, of yeah. you fish out the window yeah, and, you, and you get the fish and, yeah and then you put them in the bathtub they put the fish somewhere else yeah yeah, yeah, it was some, uh, in many places, okay. and uh, uh, it was quite a crazy experience. And uh, it first started in John Paul you know, Jones' room, Brummer and then it moved to my room, and then I had to vacate my room. <laughs> it was, that's so and that's and fumigated. Yeah, yeah, it was ridiculous. I room, I, I moved my stuff in with Tim. You know, Tim had two beds. I said, I'm going in your room, dude. My room is wrecked. <laughs> and then the next day we we flying uh, somewhere and, and we landed in Chicago and we ran into Frank and the mothers and we were talking. I said, dude, man, what a la what a crazy night last night. And I told him about the story. And the next thing I know, it's on his album. You know? <laughs> and I had, a, girl, and I had a girlfriend back home. Right. And like, he says, you were you involved? Said, nope, that didn't work out well. Yeah. <laughs> no. What are you talking about? It wasn't me. I would never do never. that. Uh, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. <clears throat> You were never that kind of boy, were you? No, I wasn't. <laughs> no. It was hilarious. But he wouldn't do I that. love Frank. I, I, I talked to him two weeks before he passed away. and uh -huh. you know, We were going to get together, and uh, I had to do a drum clinic tour, and I went out, and I, while I was out there, he passed away. You know, he, What a cool guy. I know. He, we had Dweezil on, what, on the show. Yeah. yeah. Just a few that, weeks ago, that right? That was cool. Yeah. Really, really cool, man. That's just one of those, uh, again, legends and icons, but... Another one of those guys you just don't, it's hard to imagine just how many lives he affected, you know, musically yeah. speaking, just in yeah. careers. Just incredible, especially being part of the whole yeah, LA. He, he was West one of the first scene. rock stars to start his own label, you know? Yeah. He had oh, yeah. his whole label. He had a, a studio, pioneer. a proper studio in his house. Yeah. You know? Right? Is that what, did you work in his house? No, well, we, we did some of the spoken word stuff there, but he had a studio out in Glendale uh, that. Right. He, all of his early records and, and the GTOs, you know, Alice Cooper and his early, the yeah. 
on Bizarre Strange, his label. Yeah. All the Laurel Canyon stuff that started because of him? I mean, my like, gosh. Oh, I know. I think Laurel Canyon, he was at the center of everything right there at Lookout and Laurel. And yeah. every, all the doors were open. It was a, an old log cabin built by Tom Mix in the 20s. Yeah. The GTOs, we, we wrote our songs, you know, down in the basement, which was actually a bowling alley where Tom Mix had buried his horse under there, his beloved horse. So we wrote our songs in that bowling alley and took turns bowling. Oh, that's funny. And the smell was awful. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, Roger, uh, you know, uh, I'm, you know, and you know this too because you guys are playing – uh, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but coming by us with Savoy Brown. And um, so Savoy Brown, uh, so you, you start with the band, you, Dave, and the other guys start out with the band. And it's got such sh like almost a Chicago blues influence out in England. Why We'd be nothing without Chicago. Well, you know, that's where I'm getting at right now. But how did it, I mean, how did that, how did you guys, how was that? I mean, there's no internet, there's no, that kind of stuff. So. You know, how, how did you guys get that music filtered to you back? You're talking about, you know, 64, 65, 66, and 67 is when you yeah. started, Savoy. Actually, I, I, I belonged uh, to a record company in Chicago when I was, was it, 16 years old. I just started uh, working as a junior artist in central London. Was it chess? And I this club in Chicago, and uh, once a month or whatever, they would send me a list of all the uh, records they had. And uh, there was Howling Wolf, and I said, "This guy has to be fucking great with a name like that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a name! So I ordered it. Uh, it cost me a fortune, but I got Howling Wolf, uh, then uh, Muddy. But I found the Muddy Waters album uh, in England. I saw it advertised somewhere on on this piece of paper they used to send to us, and uh, it was like, uh, it was. It seemed it was like had an honesty about it that uh no, nothing like nothing i'd ever heard have you ever heard of um muddy waters at newport in 1961 francis clay was his drummer and i'm listening to this record when i'm like 16 years old and i'm going oh dear this, <laughs> this is, is it, it. And, <laughs> have uh, you heard have you heard the Hallam wolf this is the electric album yeah uh this yeah, is, this right. is with evil on it and morris jennings was a drummer man I mean, Jeff Beck gave me that record, and he yeah. said him and, and uh, Jimmy Page were glued to that record. I could hear Led Zeppelin all over that record. Oh hell yeah, they, they got the, yeah, they were heavily influenced like, um, by it too. Yeah, hmm. you know, I mean, America is where all all contemporary music comes from: jazz, blues, uh, rock and roll, disco, uh, country. Uh, <laughs> you know, Rap. contemporary. It, this is where it comes from. This is the land of music. Yeah. And, you know, where I, where I grew up, what did we have? Um, hey, nonny, nonny. Right. Uh, now, Jeff Beck would have probably made that sound good. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is the land of music. This is why I moved here. And uh, even today, I think, uh, you know, America influences the world of music. You know, uh, you got. Uh, Afghani rappers, mm -hmm. Japanese rappers, French rappers, you know, and R&B artists. I mean, 
it's still we still influence the world i say we because this is my adopted home gotcha yeah. and, uh, and i love this and we, ad we adopted you but right on but as much yeah, as man. as much as you love the blues and as much as that had obviously a huge impact on your career um you still wanted to give it a little bit more of a of an edge to it a rockier edge and that's how Foghat was born <laughs> yeah uh i think three people here would have Great. Turn the fucking drums man, up. Yeah, man. <laughs> Always. That's a big problem these days, yeah. the way they mix yeah. those. They yeah. forget there's a bass drum, especially the bass yeah. drum. Yeah. Right. And, and cymbals. Oh, Where's dude. the cymbals? Yeah. <laughs> we need some thunder in there. Some thunder. Yeah. Uh, Pam, yeah. you know, uh, uh, do you mind if I call you Pam or is it Pamela all the time? No, it's Pamela. Thank you, Pamela. Thank you. Um, mm -hmm. You know, again, uh, we're talking about relationships in your books and in, 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 in uh, earlier. And um, <clears throat> I thought it was real interesting how uh, it seemed uh, you made it sound like Jimmy Page, rock and roller, rock star, probably had girls here and there, you know, all over the place. But you made him sound so romantic. Is Was he was he such a romantic dude like that? Yes, he was very romantic. Dick. In, in, in England, they call it giving you all the lines mm -hmm. and he was very very good at it he he meant it at the time i do believe but you know later for my third book let's spend the night together i interviewed a lot of other girls and i found out that all the beautiful things he was saying to me you know Harriet <laughs> is going to come by in pangburn you know the peacocks and this uh, he was saying the same thing to them and, uh. but uh. it's like it was like it, an arrangement at a different like time. A arrangement. You know? <laughs> that had to be a little bit of a heartbreaker. Yes, he was a heartbreaker. He was. And I think he enjoyed that part of it, too, actually. Isn't that a, one of their songs? Yes, it is. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, is it? I mean, what about guys? Right. Mick Jagger. Now, the other side of Mick Jagger. Was he? Yes. I never thought, he you know. I never thought we were madly in love or anything. We just had a very hot time together. We were young and, you know, hot. So, I mean, we just enjoyed each other, all, you know, uh, for a couple, three years here and there in London, L.A. and San Francisco and all over. Uh, but my other main dude was a drummer, Keith Moon. He was a very oh, important What was that like? Artist. He was oh, uh, my God. Uh, it, pretty unforgettable. Uh, we, yeah, he... he he, today he called bipolar. Um, he but, Moon the Loon, the Loon they used to call him. No medication for him then, that's for sure. So he medicated himself. Um, there were times that I had to help medicate him just so he would go to sleep. Thank you. Oh my God, he didn't sleep much, and uh, once I spent a couple of weeks with at a at a hotel in Century City because. He couldn't. He was kicked out of every single hotel in L.A. and Beverly Hills and Hollywood, and so we had to go to Century City. And he actually pretended, along with his fabulous roadie, you know, who went in before us and said, "You know, I have Mr. Moon here. He is a count from some country. He made up. <laughs> he would like to stay in the penthouse." And Keith was standing there. You, you know, you guys can picture it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they beat <laughs> us. In those days, they couldn't look up Count So and So from some country that didn't yeah, exist. There, there was no Google. And and That's we right. got sweet for two weeks. And luckily, he had to be there and was not kicked out. 
and we had a really special time. The most funniest thing was, though, there was a fountain across the street, huge fountain still there at Century Plaza. Yeah. And he had me stand out on the balcony one afternoon. He said, I'm going to show you something. That was always dangerous. And I stood out there, and <laughs> I, he, I saw him hustle across the street with a giant bottle of a box of Tide's detergent. Oh, <laughs> and he... He poured it in the fountain. He dumped it around the whole fountain and hustled back. <laughs> and we got to watch it. It was, you know, literally blocks of bucket. <laughs> and cars cool. stopped in both directions for, uh, you know, a mile in each way. And, <laughs> and he was never caught. And that's what he loved. When he could get away with stuff, yeah. he was imp. He was, he was just so joyous. Hey, guys, we'll be right back after a few messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to our Hanging and Banging podcast. I'm Ron Onesti here with Vinny Apice and, of course, the legendary Carmine Apice. We did, we did some, not as crazy as that, but we, uh, I forgot what it was. We were in a, a Beverly Hills hotel, uh, mm -hmm. and, and Keith said, hey, Carmine, let's have a drum battle. I said, well, Keith, there's no drums. He goes, oh, could you use this, this TV? <laughs> it was a big, you know, like wooden TV. So he turned it over on its side, you know, <laughs> and he goes, come on, man. And he starts, now you. He gives me sticks. So I'm banging on the TV. He, he destroyed that TV, the wood oh, on the TV. Oh, my God. That TV. And, you know, wouldn't be one of the reasons maybe he got thrown out of that Beverly Hills Hotel because he Probably. destroyed that television. You know, back in those days, as you know, Roger, you used to do hotel damaging I was going to call my no my thing. book uh, "International Guide to Hotel Wrecking." Yeah. <laughs> Instead, I called it "Sex Drums and Rock and Roll." Stick it, sex, my my uh, sex drums and rock and roll. But but we used to do stuff. It got to the point with Cactus that the manager said, "Look, I want to know who wrecks what, so I don't charge Carmine if Tim Bogut wrecks something." So it got gotcha. to the point where, so he said to the tour manager, "I want you to keep tabs on who wrecks what." Okay, so Tim Bogart would call up the tour manager. Go, uh, excuse me, Mark, can you come in the room for a minute? He comes in, picks up the TV out the window. He goes, Tim, one TV, and then you know, Dwayne Hitchings or, or whoever it was else was doing it. It was so hilarious. It got stupid after a while. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure you guys did it as well, Roger. Becomes like a competition. You know, I, I I have a story about Keith, <laughs> which I think shows uh a warmer side of him. It was, uh, uh, I was in Savoy Brown. We're playing down on the South coast of England and, uh, at, uh, in South end, I think, in a ballroom, it was during their pictures of Lily. I think his drum kit was anyway, we, Savoy Brown had done their sound check and I was sort of sitting there and Keith comes in. He's got a whole bunch of new Zildjian symbols under his arms and I'm sitting there and he gives me a noise says, Hey, how are you doing? And, um, I'm sitting there and you know, it's Keith Boone. So, uh, I, I mean, I used to see them since I was 17, I think, the first time I saw them. Anyway, we're sitting there talking, and he takes a symbol off. There's nothing wrong with it. It's dirty. And he said, yeah, you, you want this? And I go, uh, yes, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is when I'm getting £12.50 a week. <laughs> he gets another one off and puts his new symbols up there. He says, you want this one? I go, <laughs> and then I think I had three or four symbols he, he took off because 
they were dirty. <laughs> now, here I am earning £12.50 a week, wife and kid to keep, and Keith Moon's giving me, I don't know, a couple of thousand pounds worth of symbols. Wow. And I'm going... That's awesome. Man. Yeah, that's cool. I did meet him a number of times after that, and I used to get up and jam on uh, uh, Magic Bus. Right. But you had to be careful towards the end of it when the, everything would go over the place. Yeah. But um, when he was in a relatively sober mood he was um he was a very warm funny yeah. man i i enjoyed uh, his company from time to time i got another crazy story about him right remember tony williams had a group called lifetime it had jack bruce in it john mclaughlin you know all the really top amazing players and they, they played at a yeah. place in the city called unganos right in new york city i know unganos yeah, so so we're all there, you know, all the rock musicians are in there to see this, you know, this band. So Keith comes in and they're playing. So, so uh -oh. on the side of the stage, you know, there's a very little stage, it's only about that high. You know, it's a club. So Keith gets on the left side of the stage, pulls his pants down, right? And then <laughs> his pants are on his ankles and he just waddles across, right across the front of the stage to the other side. <laughs> And stop. Sounds uh, <laughs> about right. Up and go and sit down. That is so. That's funny. So him. So right. Him. right. Uh, like he got away with that one. Because <laughs> he could. Because he could. Wasn't it uh, the Rascals playing in London and Dino Danelli's bass drum was moving and Keith got up and sat in front of it to hold it? That's about right. Oh, I didn't hear that. Wow, that's cool. Where did I hear? So he, I thought it was. He would do stuff like that. He, was, he would do that. He, he would do that. Very. The bass region. drum was moving. He just got up yeah. and sat with his back toward the bass drum right. and held the bass drum for him. <laughs> God, I, where I heard that. Yeah, Pamela, I wanted he, to ask you. Uh, yeah. Hey, and your other book, uh, "Take Another Little Piece of My Heart." Again, it seemed like you were really involved with you know trying to get involved from a relationship standpoint. I mean. Did you, um, was there anybody that you really thought that, you know what, I think this is going to go all the way, one of the celebrities? Well, I married Michael DeBar, and I yeah. certainly, that was going to last forever. But, you know, we were in our early 20s when we met, and it didn't last forever. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. But we have a son, and very close, very close today. I loved his band, Silverhead. I loved all his bands. And now he's a disc jockey. Um, yeah. Just doing so well. So, yes, I... It, in a way, it did last forever because we're still very close. I like used to live in. I like detective. Yeah, yeah I love he detective. He used to great. live in the. Uh, he used to live in the apartment next to me in Hollywood, and I used to hear him singing in the shower. The Sunset Tower. That one. <coughs> no, it was on Hayworth uh, Street, right off Sunset. Oh well, that's when that's when I was with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were we but we lived there together. Just, there was a bathroom with a window which yeah. overlooked nothing, and then everybody had a window. And I hear these singing. And uh, <laughs> a couple of guys from the Babies lived in that building, and it was a pretty funny building. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was a beautiful building. I remember yeah. it. Was, yeah. yeah. Did you have a? Uh, you know, I, I got to ask you about Jim Morrison. I mean, that's got to be. Uh, was that very long lived or was that a short uh, well, experience? Well, it was, but he was pretty much a one woman man, you know. Really? Pam Corson. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, he dallied a little bit, but um, a couple times I could hang out with him when she when they were fighting, which kind of often. But yeah. I, <laughs> I spent time with him when he was very early on, even before the first album came out. And my experience 
with him as a, a makeout partner was brief. <laughs> but, you know, he, even then he said, you know, I know this is a temporary thing. I'm, I'm a poet. Mm -hmm. And he carried his poetry book with him everywhere. He read out of it for me, you know, uh, on several different occasions. And that's what he, that's where his heart was. And he got all caught up in that um, and just started drinking. He became a really terrible alcoholic. Mm -hmm. And that's basically what kind of wrecked him. He just wasn't happy doing what he was doing. That's not what he expected his life to be. Yeah. No, I just said that drinking. Yeah. Roger grabbed his glass of wine. <laughs> no, no, Roger's good. Well, he's probably uh, drinking. Not, not when I'm playing. No, Roger's probably drinking. You have to have a drink, right? No, when we're playing. From the pub, from the pub Straight, the music is enough. I mean, I, I mean, it's fucking crazy. Like you know, pl people playing drunk. I mean, that's I know. that's bullshit. Oh, you know, take it from me. It, down. it happens a uh, lot. I mean, I think. might have played with a couple of hangovers, but. Uh, no, we never like you know got fucked up before yeah. we play. Unless I love playing. Unless you have no, my, uh, unless you have fog hat wine noise. there. Because fog hat wine. Pardon? Unless you have fog hat wine there. Oh, is that fog hat wine? It's oh, there it is. Oh, See? That is That's the real deal. There's the commercial. <laughs> Where can I get that wine? Online for sure. Yeah, uh, it's online. Uh, okay. We'll get, we'll get your address uh, with Linda, our manager. Hey, watch out, Ryan. You're married. You like red or, you like red or white, Pamela? Red. <laughs> red. We had uh, a Pinot Noir, uh, 2013 Pinot Ooh. Noir from Monterey um, County. Look at that. They all come from Central Coast of California. That's where we pick our grapes and make our wine. We have a winemaker, Steve Brasmussen, who helps us out. But uh, Linda and I have actually gone out there and, like, you know, made the grapes, made the wine. Wow. He's the second yeah. one that, that we had. Bumblefoot makes taco sauce. Yeah, yeah, yeah hot sauce. Pepper Roger sauce. does wine. Yep. Well, does anyone else have uh, that, that we had on had food? I can't remember. Food? There's, yeah. there's I know a few. Me and have to do a pasta. You know. Yes. Beach well, Brothers pasta. I got my, yeah. I got yeah. my meatballs. Pasta sauce. Pasta sauce. Oh, what happened meatballs. to Pamela? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We lost Pamela. Well, while, we, while we get Pamela. You know what, Roger, we're we'll going to wait for Susan, uh, let Pamela get back. But I did have a question for you because, you know, uh, we've known each other for so many years, worked together so many yeah. times. And uh, and I'm looking at some of, uh, uh, you know, obviously, you know, you, you've done uh, thousands of shows and so many of them were you were part of packages. I mean, you literally played with everybody. But a couple right. I thought were interesting was Cool in the Gang. I don't know how that happened with Foghat. And... Uh, uh, I love Cool. Gang. Yeah, we love Cool the Gang. I don't know. Cool the Gang was great. Uh, they, they were, well, they're still around, actually. But uh, oh, yeah. they were but great. You, but you, yeah, were you either go to a Cool the Gang show or you go to a Fog Hat show. You don't go to a Cool the Gang Fog. I, I mean, you know, how does that? Yeah, that, that that's got to be a crazy combination. Uh, who, who was that promoter out on the West Coast uh, with the Fillmore and the, oh, and Bill, the Fillmore? Bill. Bill Graham. Bill Graham. Thank you. Uh, that was what was so cool about Bill Graham's concerts. He would have different bands on. Yeah. You know, the uh, Voices of Harlem, uh, Savoy Brown, and um, Buddy Rich's big band. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we, did it. We, no, did, we did a gig. Buddy Rich I, I, I love working with Bill Graham. He was, yeah. he was incredible. In fact, 
he said, he, I remember one time he said to us, he said, yeah, Foghat, he said, <laughs> I think they like to play more than they like to breathe. But it was, it was maybe it was drinking. Um, <laughs> but Paul Graham was, was, was somebody, something else. I mean, Absolutely. Motors. But let me, yeah, let me fact, ask you another one. Some, though. Ron, there was some strange things. Like we did a gig, Vanilla Fudge and uh, Fifth Dimension. Yeah. You know, wow. We did a gig with uh, a gig at the Singer Ball. Vinny, you probably went to it. It was Staple Singers. They, no, the oh, Edwin Hawkins Singers. Oh, that's what it was. That's what it was. Ten yeah. years after the Jeff Beck Group and Vanilla Fudge. I go, whoa, that was a crazy bill. Wait, I got know? a better one. I got a better one. What? Which I still, I'm a big fan of this guy, and I still can't figure it out. It was in Kentucky. I don't know if you remember. This is in 1973. Fog hat with Louis Prima. <laughs> wow. Oh my God. How did that happen? Oh, and, uh, what, what was his singer's name? Keely Smith. Keely Smith. Smith. Thank you. Uh, I, I, Keely, I thought was cool. <laughs> Keely, Keely was really cool. How did that uh, happen, though? Uh, <laughs> I, well, I don't know. It's music. You don't know. Just a promoter and agent. You, know? you always say, uh, you always had great drummers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I would have I would have done that. I would have gone. What to that about show. what about Foghat opening up for BBA? The, for who? For did Beck that happen? Beach. <laughs> yeah. Good idea. Yeah. We did. Yeah, we did, we did. We did that. Excellent idea. Yeah. <clears throat> did you do that? We did a gig. Uh, we did uh, Dio in Japan with James Brown. Oh wow! No, really? Theo, wow. Quiet Riot, somebody else, James Brown. <laughs> Talking about a mix-up. Yeah, that's like wow. we did a gig in Mexico with uh, Acapulco, the Rocapoco Festival. Quiet Riot, King Cobra, and Latoya Jackson. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's a weird one. <clears throat> Why not? Why not? Well, well at some point it becomes yeah, it's it's just a it's just a party. It's it's like a rock and roll hall of fame induction where everybody's yeah. playing at the end, whatever it is. Um, Roger, so did you, but did you see Latoya's band or listen to him? Uh, no, actually, because oh. she did, she went on before us, and we you know it was a festival, oh, and, and okay. you know we had we got there just in time for you know for us to go on just about you know, but it was a quite a crazy festival oh. because it, it was starved for music in those days, and yeah. you know it was like it was like the Beatles were there all, yeah. all, with all the acts. It went crazy for everybody, you know? Yeah. Crazy, man. And my band were all blonde guys and we're in Mexico. You know? so I really enjoy going down there. It's uh, it's fun. It's yeah. a cool place to go. Bike fest. Yeah. We went to a bike fest. Bike there. fest, well. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that was good. 1971, Fog Hat begins. Here we are 50 years later. You're still performing. You're still on the road. You're still bring, putting records out. You've got your new one out. Was it uh, uh, eight days on the road? Oh, hold on. Uh, we're going to plug. Another commercial. <laughs> Jesus, Raj. But you, yeah, sorry. But no, you know what? Uh, I love I got to tell you. Hold, hold on. It up. Hold, hold it up. up. Hold it up. Hold on. You got a close you up. Get, you get your money's worth with this. Oh, look at that. CDs, ah. uh, DVD. And how much is that? Two ninety nine. Uh, uh, no, one ninety nine. We're giving them one hundred and ninety nine. You're saying uh, eight days on the. We recorded it at the end of 
19, I think, at Daryl's House Club, upstate New York. Oh, yeah. But if you if if you order now, you get one of Ron's shirts too, right? <laughs> and a the first box 10, of meatballs. The first 10 callers. Yeah, yeah, you, it's yeah, uh, dollar ninety nine, and the t shirt is free. <laughs> let me, but let me tell you and something. You get me. You get him for the night. His other shirt too. <laughs> but I got to tell you, and I want to ask you why you selected this song because Charlie's and, and your rendition of "Take Me to the River" freaking awesome. Thank awesome. You. Take me to the river. Yeah, but you guys, you got to uh, see their their rendition. Yeah, what made you pick I'm that a, song? Uh, I'm an Al Green fan. Actually, it was uh, Lonesome Dave who originally picked uh, that song. But, um, you know, some people thought maybe we'd ruined it. But um, no, Al Green made some great music. Yeah. And oh, a yeah. great drummer. Who was the drummer? What was his name? Forgot. Oh, uh, I forgot his name. They're all over the place, drummers. Yeah. Know his name. He's always been with them. He's always that, played that was great. His snare drum always sound like a tom-tom almost. You know? Yeah. Right. That's, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Great in feel. Fact, in fact, when I recorded Ow, Ow, Ow. On the in the studio, Somebody. I overdubbed the tom-tom with the snare drum. So yeah. you got Let's look it up. Hey, Man Cow's listening to the show. There he Ow. is. Yeah. Our buddy Man Cow. Know. We got to get you on here, look Man Cow. Got to get yeah. you on our show, brother. Now, if you get Mancow on, we will. We don't get a chance to talk. <laughs> He's got the stories, definitely. He does. I saw him on TV with his collection of uh, collectibles. I, he had a lot of uh, rock collect collectibles. Really, and, uh, really does. You know, we lost uh, Pamela. TV, so. uh, we lost the internet, and yeah. I, I really, really wanted to uh, ask her about her freaking Playboy layout. You know, she was posed news and nude in Playboy, and. Uh, I want to see if she did that voluntarily or it's kind of, you know. Look. Do, do you have a copy of that, uh, Ron? Uh, I have it in a very quiet place where I'm quiet uh -huh. and alone. Yes, I do. Wait, have toilet? <laughs> in your toilet? Uh, yeah, sure, sure. Hey, Raj, are you, um, are you guys going to be doing anything with the Earl and the Agitators project that I'm a personal fan of? <laughs> uh <clears throat> No, because nobody's going to give us any money. Well, that's a tough one, yeah. You know, we have, you know, we have to fly, you know, the five band members out somewhere, and it's like these promoters only want to give you like two or three hundred bucks, and it's like yeah. we can't do it. But actually, we've started work on a new studio album, and I think Scott's probably going to sing on a couple of songs, and uh, I've already talked to him about playing a couple of songs. What a great talent he, he is. Yeah, he is. He's a great singer, great, great guitar player. And uh, a fabulous human being and warm and sensitive too. Yes, he is warm and sensitive too. Is there somebody? Uh, well, I know there was somebody that you wanted to play with and didn't. Uh, a little guy by the name of Jimi Hendrix, apparently. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Fame at last. Yeah, no, that was um, <clears throat> auditioned. I think I came in fifth. <laughs> fifth. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, they, they they got the right drummer though. Oh yeah, uh, was awesome. I, I wasn't. It was um, awesome. Oh yeah, that that trio. Was, was but how did you get like how do you how did you get even able to to you know uh, uh, what's the word uh, audition? How do you audition for oh, Jimi Hendrix? Uh, I I I played in a band that Chess Chandler was putting together when I was like seventeen or eighteen. I was already in a band, but I was looking for more work. Wanted to play 
Chess Chandler put this band together. Uh, we we rehearsed for about six weeks, but didn't didn't go out and play anywhere. And he re, he had my number. Uh, I was working as a commercial artist up in London. What was I? 19, 20, I think nineteen or twenty. And he called me up and said, "Have you heard of this guy Jimi Hendrix?" And you know, uh, you know, yeah, uh, everybody was talking about him. You know, the guitar players at the time. I said, "Yeah." He said, "Would you like to audition?" So I did. It was uh, a club just off of Piccadilly Circus called um, the Bluebird. Birdland. What did you play? Birdland. Birdland. Birdland sure. Yeah, Birdland. Birdland. Yeah, Birdland. What did you play? What and song? Raining outside, and we're all lined up it was a lunchtime thing and uh, jimmy comes up to me and starts talking to me about some songs he'd written the night before and real friendly guy and uh, mm -hmm. when i got down there i was about fourth or fifth in line and i started he just started playing he had his stack of marshals and it was um i i'd never heard anything you know that sort of uh <laughs> heard anything like that before distorted and a little while to sort of figure out what to do and then he played a, sl a slow blues and then a, a chuck berry song and then something else and uh he, he gave he was very generous with his time i'll probably play for about 45 minutes with really him. Wow. beautiful beautiful man really really cool you know, guy and we I, used to play in new york yeah. and he he was jimmy james mm. right jimmy, jimmy, that was jimmy back the flames that he played these clubs that we played and we played opposite him right. and we you know and, and he was always had his mind on making it, you know, where the rest of us just wanted to play gigs and have a good time and make a living, right, right. you know. But he was always flamboyant. He used to have his hair slicked back like mine is, right? And it, and it was Jimmy James. He played lefty. He always had flamboyant clothes, you know. And there were three guys in the York that played like that. There was him, this guy, a session guy called The Wizard, and this guy, Ronnie Lejack, who used to play with us. Ronnie used to poke holes in his speakers on the amp to make it distorted, you know, mm. and, 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 and Jimmy did, you know, different things, but he was amazing. See, but he had to go to England to make it. Yeah. He, he wasn't well, making it here. How would you guys, any of you guys compare, even though this is not a drummer question, but you knew these guys, how would you compare uh, uh, Jimmy with Frank? Would you say they're similar? Would you say they're very different, their styles? From your experiences with I them? Think, I, think they're, they're different. I think they're different, number one. Frank was more of a technical yeah. genius, writing music, writing concertos and pieces of music. With Jimmy, it was all feel and blues. And you know, I mean, he played guitar upside down, lefty, because that's how he learned, you know? I mean, he was totally original, out of the box, you know? Right. Totally original out of the box from everything. I mean, he was a, a great singer for, for what he did, but he wasn't like a great singer, singer, you know, like, mm -hmm. like a Ronnie Dio or a great singer or, you know. Yeah. He or, fit him himself, you know, what he did himself. But he, he sang, what he sang was great for what he did. Whereas yeah. Frank was a different animal. Frank was just more, really more out of the box technically for technical yeah, music. I don't, I don't think you can compare uh, the, either two of them. I, I, I sometimes get a little concerned about comparing people because Jimmy was unique, as was Frank. There was oh, never time. another Frank. Yeah. And there was, uh, even though some people can maybe cop some of Jimmy's licks, 
there was there's only there's only one Jimi Hendrix and there's only one Frank Zappa. Yeah. You know, they were uh, they were real special musicians and human beings, and uh, you were fortunate to have them for a while, right? Oh my goodness, not long enough, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah that's for sure. Are you? Uh, oh yeah. Who was uh, with the drummer? You know, we know these guys between uh, 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 Krupa and Buddy Rich. These these two guys, but who was your uh, American hero, Roger? <coughs> um, <coughs> I grew up listening to. Actually, I, I listened to uh, you know Gene Krupa. One of the first records I had was um, Jazz at the Philharmonic with mm. um, Gene Krupa and Buddy Rich. But it was really the music. Um, Old Palmer. Used to play on all the yeah. early little Richard yeah. records. I mean, he was fantastic. Stephen Hawking was the beginning of rock and roll. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Um, Francis Clay really impressed me. Right, but he used to he played with uh, the early Muddy Waters records. That really knocked me out. Not that I could play like him, but the way he played knocked me out. Um, uh, Freddie Bilo, who did all the chess records with uh, yeah. studio you know, guy. Chuck and uh, uh you know all that stuff from then did you ever go to the with, chess records uh museum the studio no i haven't been there. i haven't been there next, no. well next time you play ron's place and you're in chicago you should go check that out yeah it's, it's all right pretty cool. we're gonna do we'll that, do that. We'll, we'll take it down yeah it's, it's it's pretty uh, cool we recorded our bba record there Really? Did you? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, we did that because Jeff was like you, you know. Jeff listened to all those things, and he said, "I want to record mm -hmm. in Chicago. I want, I want to record at Chess Records." And I said, "What? I got a great drum sound there." Oh yeah, and it still has, you know, it has Leonard Chess's desk, and it still has. It's kind of how how Motown is still kind of set up the way, like the Temptations just no, dropped yeah. it, you know, and walked out. I've been to Motown. I've been there. That was. Uh, that was yeah, like that was the desert experience. Yeah. That, uh, that was something. I went there with uh, uh, who did I go there with um, when I was there? Derek. Yeah, with Derek St. Holmes. No, I was, wow. I was doing oh, Derek. Yeah, I love Derek. Yeah. Derek's a great singer, great guitar player. Yeah. Absolutely, a, a nice guy and a good guy. Yeah, got, great guy. Got to get him on the show. We haven't had him. Oh yeah, that's right. And I called him, and he he's kind of flaked out. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call him again. Yeah. Push call him again. Yeah, just call him again. Linda, push him. Because that's and that's and that's you know Linda back there. She's the real pusher. She's the one that makes all this stuff happen. The yeah. unsung hero of Foghat, right? Where is she? Where is she? Where is she? Where is there there she? she is. Is. There she is. Hey, Linda. We always love Linda. Keep an eye on me. <laughs> it's a shame we lost Pamela. Yeah. 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 What happened? What happened? It says uh, she's supposed internet to be issue. Be a, does anyone, know, does anyone know? Does anyone know? I read her book, and I would like to meet her. I think she's very cool. Yeah. Have her come back on the show for half. half yeah, the show. yeah. She's got some great stories. I was going to touch on some other things. Just like really, uh, she got five. I bet books. you were, Ron. Take it I easy. So. Take it easy. Did you read? When did you read the books, Ron? <laughs> I yeah. Um, at about four o'clock. Oh, I, I read it a couple <laughs> of years ago. I just thought it was really cool. You know, I thought they were really cool, you know, and uh, I have a lot of friends from back then that were groupies, groupies whatever. Linda word, wasn't a groupie. But whatever the word groupie means, you know, but I yeah. just thought Bandmates. they were very cool women, you know. So. Bandmates. Bandmates. We call them groupies. I think, I think, didn't Frank Zappa coin that word groupie? He might have. Yeah. 
Yeah, we used to definitely like call groupies. It was easier, you know. And then, then the movie came out, the groupie movie. You remember that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I knew them. <laughs> well, you knew them all. And that's that, that's got to be a, a show for another time. So we're going <laughs> to talk about all the groupie stories. But you can't now. With Linda there, with Leslie there, you can't. We can't talk about. It. We, we can't talk. Actually, I was. Uh, I always like to, you know, just one go. You know, I usually had a girlfriend. Mm -hmm. There's a couple of times when I had two girlfriends, but <laughs> most of the time it was just one. Most of the, most of the time, except for those nights, I get. Well, it. I had I one girlfriend it. at a time too, except when I was on the road. There weren't really <laughs> girlfriends. Yeah, one at, <laughs> one, one at a time. One at a time. One at six o'clock. One at eight o'clock. One at ten o'clock. One at a time. More than one at a time. Well, listen, Roger. I have no comment. Yeah, we don't want no to talk comment. about Vinny's no record. Well, we, we don't have time to talk about Vinny's record. Um, I must say, I went to the doctor today. Uh oh. <laughs> and I lost ten pounds during the pandemic. Really? Well, it's I found weird. it. You hear everybody's gaining weight. I found it. That. I stayed the same. Can we can we get off this subject, please? Can we please get off this subject? Can we please? What subject? You want to go back to talking about good hair again? What is, is this? You guys come? Is this on purpose? Actually, how's your hey Ron? How's your cholesterol doing? Uh it's 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 not with all those meatballs and everything. I know, man. I got to lay off the meatballs. Oh yeah, we we oh, all the you. time. You guys, July, the best. thank you, July 17th, we are bringing back Foghat and Savoy Brown at the Arcata Theater. We oh, are so excited. Wow. On the wow. same That's show. Cool. Isn't that amazing? That's cool. like yeah, that uh, yeah, and Vanilla Plus. That's going to be our first, our first show in pretty much a year and a half. We did do one other. We're going to be your first show? Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, we we did we did one other show, but we haven't really played in a year and a half. We done some we did some rehearsing. Uh, we were down in the studio, like setting up the drums to record again. And um, we're going to go down there for, uh, for like four or five days before we come there, so we can count to four. Yeah. Is it four? <laughs> you mind if we come down to your studio and rehearse Vanilla Fudge? Because sure, of course because you can. Uh, Ron, I think that, that gig you're talking about, if we do those dates. That's the Vanilla Fudge first show too. Oh, that's fine. You know, see, that's right. a good thing because you know, with me, you you can do no wrong. You could mess up. You could do this. We both. Yeah. Have I think fun. you should go up cold. It would be more interesting. <laughs> All the bands yeah. don't rehearse, right? And everybody right. plays yeah. their first gig. That would be see funny. What train wreck. Yeah. See what train wreck. Gig, happens. No rehearsal. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. No rehearsal. One, One two, two, three, that's four. Right. No, no. no. In, that's the wrong counting, Rog. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm the drummer. I count, and then you start playing. See, I'm okay with that as long as it's not. It's not as long as it's not. That's the wrong song, Roger. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't want to. Oh, oh, oh my god. Well, what what does it say on your list? No, we've done that before because <laughs> right. a, a, a couple of us are somewhat hearing challenged, and a couple of us can't read the set list either so it's got to be bigger font now big, big cue yeah. cards they're yeah. not set list, you know, you, they're cue cards you counted that one off rather fast rog <laughs> well i was feeling in the mood yeah but, yeah, but it was no blues oh oh well <laughs> roger thank you so much for being a part of hanging and banging this week 
I, yeah. I, you know, for me, I know all of us, it's a thrill, but obviously for me personally, it's such a thrill just knowing that you're going to be by me, you know, next week, basically. Uh, well, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a big kiss. Oh, I can't wait. And hug because, because we haven't been out of hug for a uh. year and a half. And so it's nice to be back out there. Uh, yeah. I will be wearing my mask. Sure. <laughs> Me too. Um, it reminds me, then the last time you were by me, listen to this guy. So I got a very good friend of mine. It was his birthday. And uh, it's his birthday was on the night, uh, the night before a fog hat show. And his wife wanted to have a surprise party at my place, 150 people. She didn't know how to get them there. So I told him, this is what I told him. I said, hey, man, he's a guitar player. I said, hey, Mike, I said, fog hat's coming tomorrow. And Brian isn't going to make it. I don't know if you remember this, Roger. I said, Brian's going to make it. They asked me to come up with a guitar player uh, that you can, uh, or a bass player, or somebody that can come in and fill in for Brian Bassett. Uh -huh. And he's like, really? I'm like, yeah, yeah, you got to go there. So you got to go to theater. The, the guys, yeah. Roger's coming early. They're going to have a rehearsal. So he comes from down. So I didn't realize he took the train to work downtown. He's got his two guitars on the train, goes to work downtown, comes, to, takes three trains to get out to St. Charles, shows up. And then it's like, surprise, it's like, surprise, I'm not playing guitar for Fog yet. So the next day, so now Roger, that I don't know if you remember cruel. that, it was kind of cruel, but the next- I didn't know you were so cruel. No, but no, you got me back because the next day- well, did, did Roger get up and let him play? No, no, because no, that wasn't, the, so he wasn't even there. It was just his, he wasn't even there. The next, I know you would have. The next day, so my friend, I bring him back. I felt bad, so I brought him backstage to Roger's show, and the Foghead show was great. And my friend told him the story. And Roger's response, you believed him? He's a promoter. He's a liar. <laughs> Promoters are liars. <laughs> so uh, he got me back no, on that. No, Ron, you are in the higher echelon of promoters. Well, yeah. Thank you. Considering you yeah. a friend. And fair. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Well, I love you guys. All of you. Linda, That's love you. Man. Can't wait to see you guys. Can't wait to see everybody each week, Thursday night here on Hanging and Banging Artists on yeah. Lockdown, where we talk to some of the biggest names in rock and roll. We just jam with them. We just talk with them. We just have some conversations that you can't have anywhere else. So make sure you like, share, tell everybody about Hanging and Banging Artists on Lockdown each week, Thursday night. Six o'clock Central Time, right here. Same bat channel, same bat station. Next week, we're going to do a very surprise uh, rerun. We got a couple of favorites here that people have been asking for, so we're going to throw that on next week. But until then, and until the week after, we'll see you right here. Thanks again, uh, Pam Pamela DeBarth and also Roger Earl from Foghat. We'll see you guys next week and the week after. Artists on Lockdown, hanging and banging.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 